What's up, you guys? Welcome back to Menu TV Reviews. I am your host, Mo, and today we will be discussing Godfather of Harlem, Season 3, Episode 3, titled Mecca. Y'all, I am on location again today, so I am trying to knock out these reviews before the weekend gets here. As promised, okay. I hope everybody is having a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful work week, okay, or school week, or play week, have whatever type of week, daycare week. I don't know, <laughs> but whatever you're doing, I hope your week has been going well for you. All right, shout out to all the new listeners and the old listeners. Please don't forget to take yourselves over to Toya's YouTube page, it's called Pieces of Lily, y'all. She covers everything autism okay from one end of the spectrum to the other y'all and she uh, basically chronicles her daughter's progress with managing autism y'all that page is so good I, I love Toya she is doing such amazing work with Aaliyah she's such an amazing mom shout out to Aaliyah she's such a really good kid too and Amaya I can't forget about her sister Amaya y'all she's a twin okay go show her some love all right so without further ado let's go ahead and get into the episode so Again, since I'm on location, I'm going to go scene for scene, okay? So we start the episode off with Bumpy and Jose and the three crooked-ass investors, including that crooked-ass judge, okay? They're celebrating the partnership between Jose and Bumpy. What a celebration to be had. And I don't know what spot he's at. I don't know if this is his club. I don't know if, the, you know, this is just his usual little kickback spot or whatever. But, baby, when I tell you that scene, it was so sensual. It was so nice. Real low-key. You got the, the band up there playing with the little lady she sang in. It's real nice and smooth in there. Just make you want to go grab a, a glass of cognac and just, like, sit there and sip or a nice glass of wine and just sit there and sip and watch the people dance. Woo! But anyway, they're celebrating Bumpy and Jose's partnership. And so you know the one investor is like oh man you know they're they're making a toast and then they're taking a shot or enjoying some type of alcohol and um the one investor is like man this goes down really smooth but honey that that judge he's got a stick way up his butt okay because he was like well enough of this let's, let's just go ahead and get down to business so of course they go downstairs and they're counting up all their dividends that they've made since the last time that they met up and again, the one investor is like, oh, my God, like, Bumpy, this was quite the deal that you made. Like, the return on our investment is tremendous. Thank you for looping us into this as if you really had a choice. But, okay. So, as the one investor is commending Bumpy and Jose for what they've been able to bring them back on their return, y'all, that crooked judge again is just like, wow, why he got a gun? Y'all know I don't like to be around guns. Um, sir, you'll be around guns every day in the courthouse. Does your bailiff not have a gun in the courtroom? Or does he just have a taser? I'm confused. Please go home. And so he was like, well, you know what? If I see another gun, I, I just won't be coming next time. Okay, then nobody asked you to come this time if you're going to act like that. Matter of fact, you can go home now. We'll send you your money. We'll drop it off in the envelope and leave it on your doorstep. Thank you. <laughs> 
So Bumpy hurries up and shoes them out. And so Jose was like, look, if that judge look at me like that one more time, I promise you, I'm going to cut his fat, <laughs> his fat A while he's in his own courtroom. <laughs> I was like, okay, Jose, don't play with Jose. He got the guns and the goons. Okay. But he will probably do that job himself. <laughs> so anyway, after that, Jose is talking to Bumpy. He was like, you know what? I like you. I like our relationship. I like how we work together. We as men, we're trying to, you know, protect our communities and do this and that. Now, while I will say guns, goons, and drugs are not the way, okay, to uplift your community, they do have a nice partnership. So he was like, you know what, Bumpy? We you family at this point. So whenever you have a problem, you know, I'll try to take care of it if I can. But right now, I got a favor to ask you. And the favor that Jose is asking him to do is knock off somebody that he believes may be hiding in Bumpy's neck of the woods, okay, of Harlem. And so we get this backstory. Of course, we know that Jose is from Cuba. And he's got a sister, or he had a sister. And his sister had two lovely girls. And the picture that he showed us, we saw you know, the family portrait of her and her family and unbeknownst to, you know, the people that hurt this family, she was also pregnant with a third child. And so he says that the guy that he wants to get bumped off, his name is Juan. And apparently him and Juan were, you know, they had some type of relationship or some type of rapport together. But this is when Fidel was wreaking havoc over there in Cuba and unbeknownst to Jose, Juan flipped and he gave he gave Fidel Jose's uh, sister's family's location and I don't know if this was to get back at Jose or what but either way Fidel's henchmen which Juan was one of the main ones they ended up coming to his sister's house they tied her and her two girls up okay held down the husband and made him keep his eyes open. They they forced, they pried his eyes open and made him watch as they did a firing squad on his wife and his two girls. And so now he wants some get back. And so he was like, look, like I said, we're family. If you have a problem that I can take care of, you know I'm going to do it. But now I'm asking you for a favor and I just need you to try to see if you can do this for me. And so Bumpy was like, consider it done. Enough said. We family. We gonna get this done. So, who Lord. Hopefully this don't start a war, but we'll see. So, Malcolm has finally made it to Saudi Arabia. And he's trying to enter into Mecca. But, there's this little problem. See, apparently, his documents that he has to prove that he's a Muslim are considered fake by the guard that's keeping him from getting into Mecca. So, he's like, look, do you know who I am? I'm Malcolm X. I've made many sacrifices to get over here. And as a matter of fact, your ambassador was the one who told me that Dr. Shawabe needs to sign my documents just so I can get here. And so the guard is like, well, if the ambassador would have told you correctly, 
they would have told you that it's a crime for you to try to enter into Mecca and you're not an official Muslim or some converted Muslim. I don't know. He said something about being an official Muslim, basically calling Malcolm a fake Muslim. <laughs> and so then he was like, detain him. So Malcolm has gotten detained over there in Saudi Arabia. How in the world is he going to get out of this? So Mamie is receiving her just due praise from Reverend Adam Powell because she has such an amazing turnout or they had such an amazing turnout with the community. They had 600 people packed into this building, right? And she announced that they... um they opened up the voter the voter registration lines so then she also goes on to tell reverend that she was able to talk to a guy named teague and he is now going to run their ads for the get up and vote um for the get up and vote campaign that they're doing they're going to be running them for free now in the newspaper and so reverend adam is like okay that is wonderful news just make sure that he doesn't put it like with the horoscopes or you know like with the used couch section or anything like that <laughs> or what else they used to have back there the the love the love section <laughs> or the old bits or anything like that just make sure he don't put it back there make sure it's all the way in the front so just as he's telling her this, the secretary comes in and is just like, hey, look, so there's somebody here from the district attorney's office that needs to see you. So I thought that they were all assuming that this was for Reverend Adam Clayton. No, this is actually a deposition for Mamie. And this is on behalf of John Jonathan Pike, who is the assistant DA to um morgenthau and he's you know coming out of the new york district or the new york office and so they were like oh this is a house call because she was like he wants to you know he wants to talk to me at my apartment later on today and so adam adam clayton was like oh no nah, that's definitely not a good thing we heard that he was a hard ass you know so house calls are never any good so we're going to see how she squirm out of this one. So, Bunny is showing his right hands the photo that Jose gave him of Juan Madera and tells them that he wants him, he wants them to go try to, you know, get the word out, get this picture out, show it to as many of his soldiers as possible that he got on the street. So, just in case one of them see him, they can pop old Juan. And so, Chance is like, why we always got to fight Jose's battles for him? I don't like that. And so Bumpy reminds him that, hey, Jose had our back when I was dealing with all this stuff with Columbo. And besides, once the next doji shipment comes in, we're going to need him for his guns and his goons and also a little bit of his money. So, you know, if this is the work that we have to do, regardless of how bs it is or how you feel about it it's got to get done and so chance was like all right we'll get the word out so malcolm is still in this hot ass cell it's hotter than the mojave desert up in that mud <laughs> so he was like can i please have a cup of water <laughs> they give him some water he looks around the holding cell and he's got two other guys in there with him and neither one of them speak a lick of english okay 
so the one guy's eating something on the floor and then the other guy's kind of just chilling on the like the little bench or whatever and so he looked to the guy that's sitting on the floor eating and he was like you speak english and he was like uh-uh and so, <laughs> so then he was like floor and he points to the floor and then he was like floor well the guy repeated what he said okay and then he pointed to the ceiling and the guy repeated that all right cool so we learned a little bit of something up in here the time ain't just going by doing nothing and so then he was like Cassius clay muhammad ali and he was like oh you you muhammad ali and he was like nah you know michael was trying to explain nah i don't i'm not muhammad ali but i know him and so even though he's trying to explain that again they don't speak english but once you say muhammad ali of course he's international everybody knows who that is and so then the guy that's sitting on the bench was like muhammad ali muhammad ali and so then malcolm just kind of chuckled to himself so now they're gonna be calling this man muhammad ali they got a celebrity sitting in, in jail with them so then we go over to Mamie, and Mamie is expressing her concerns to Bumpy about why this Jonathan Pike dude wants to talk to her, and he's trying to reassure her that everything is going to be okay. Look, you done came up in the community. Your profile status done been raised. That's all it is. He probably just trying to see, you know, if he can use you to get some inside dirt, you know, to try to, I guess, like, hinder the Voters' Rights Act or something like that. So don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. Just go talk to him see what he want everything is gonna be fine you haven't done anything wrong you know just speak your truth and so he kisses her and hopefully everything will go smoothly but she is still very concerned about this meeting with jonathan so colombo and stella pull up to some little brownstone in the neighborhood and so he shows her in and she you know he's like this is where you're going to be staying for a little bit until i can figure out who's trying to whack you off you know and so she was like oh my god like <laughs> this place needs a whole lot of love and he was like ah i know it needs some work i, I can replace the, the wallpaper and i can get you some furniture and you know get somebody out here to help help you clean it up or whatever but this is where you'll be standing so she was like so after we clean this up you expect me to sit here all day like what's the plan and she was like i want to you know be integrated back into society and so he was like i can't do that like you i promised your father that i would protect you and she was like how you know my father wasn't the one to put out the hit and he was like he the one that called that asked me to to you know make sure that you was okay so no i gotta keep my word so he's gonna get somebody to spruce up the place a little bit and well as far as her just kind of sitting around the house and moping we can do something about that and so she was like well if i'm gonna be here i want to work or i want to go to school or both and he was like well you know school that may have to wait work i can make something happen like right now and she was like okay what am i gonna be doing and he was like you're gonna be working for me y'all he's a sleazeball <laughs> he is such a sleazeball i don't like him um definitely used car salesman swag just all he's a sleazeball though so anyway back over to malcolm malcolm has finally been rescued y'all by a man named dr azam he has come on behalf of uh somebody i can't even i can't even pronounce the name and i don't want to slaughter it or be disrespectful so he has come on behalf of whoever has sent him a part of the ambassadors group 
to basically spring Malcolm until his case can be heard in court. And so he was like, okay, show me to my hotel. And he was like, yeah, no, that's not going to be possible until you, you know, have your day in court. But and so Malcolm was like, oh, dang, like he, he went ahead and was figuring to sit back down. And he was like, but you don't have to stay here, Malcolm. OK, you can come stay with me. And so he was like, I've never stayed with a white man before. So this is definitely going to be pretty interesting. And so as he's leaving out, <laughs> the guys in the, the holding cell with him are like, bye, bye, Muhammad, bye, Ali. And they're just like looking, you know, on an admiration. It was so cute. <laughs> dang can you not take them with you malcolm <laughs> like what did they do that was so bad they could come too right <laughs> so we finally get to see what's up jonathan pike's sleeve and what he's got is a big fat nothing okay but he does point out that he recognizes that mamie has been you know um promoted to this executive position with the haru program and he brings up the fact that Bumpy had recently contributed or donated $50,000 to the cause. That's a lot of money. And Mamie was like, well, my husband is a legit businessman. So, you know, we do what we please with our money. And so he was like, well, I think it's dirty money because I know word on the curb is that your husband is in business with Jose Battle, who is, you know, bad for business. He's a, he's a drug cartel type of dude with guns and ammo and all that stuff. Bad for business. So if I find out otherwise that y'all are using this as a front to clean money, I'm going to straight up shut this program down. And that's basically all he says to her. So what is Mamie going to do? I don't know. So back over to Colombo and Stella. So he's showing her around her new workspace. And he's basically telling her the job description. She's just to answer the phones, you know, order lunch for them. Little stuff, right? And so she was like, oh my God, like my, my dad is still trying to control my life and my movements, even though he's in jail. And Colombo keeps harping on the fact that this is just a temporary thing until they they ensure that none of the other doms from the five families or the other four families are out to get him but little does he know that olympia was the one who put the hit out on stella so this is closer to home than you think so she was like well if i'm gonna be working here i might as well get paid and so he was like okay i i can understand that i can respect that we'll talk about your wages over dinner and she was like oh man you got you got some brass balls like you you real bold about yours and he was like what you don't eat <laughs> okay sleaze ball again there's gonna be something there or at least he's gonna try and this isn't gonna end well so bumpy's henchman done finally caught up to this one guy and he was right in harlem where jose thought he would be right up under bumpy's nose so they find them and they <laughs> they find them based off of a dude named Pinky that live in the neighborhood. Pinky done saw him around the way. And so uh I think his name is Dell. Dell is telling Chance, now you know Pinky is blind in one eye. 
And so Chance was like, so? You know, just because he done lost sight in this one eye doesn't mean that his other eye didn't super saying up on him. <laughs> he got superpowers in the other one. And so they confirmed that this is indeed the guy that they're looking for. And so they're going through the glove box trying to figure out what type of gun they want to use to take this man out, right? So they they go through the first one. Nah, that make too much noise. They go through the second one. Nah, that one jam up a lot. So we settle on the third one. And so then he was like, wait, uh, something was going on with it or they needed to check it or something like that. But this should be locked and loaded, right? So Dale hurry up and hop out the car. I'm going to take it for he get away. So Dale run up on him. And as he's walking, trying to catch up to one chance, look in the glove box and realize that the ammunition is all still sitting in the glove box. So this means that this gun is probably not loaded, right? So he started honking the horn, trying to get his attention. Honk, 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 honk. And so then just when they'll walk up on him and try to take him out, he pulling the trigger and ain't nothing firing. So he was like, oh, shoot. You know, and then one figures out, oh, my God, somebody's trying to take my life right now. So once he realized that ain't nothing happening, I wait, I ain't shot. He start taking up. <laughs> Dang. So he done got the slip, y'all. Well, I'm finna hurry up and get out of there. I don't know what type of repercussions this gonna be for bumping them since they don't let them get away. So Malcolm is sitting down to dinner with Dr. Azan and he mentions to Malcolm that not a lot of the Muslims over there in Mecca have ever met an American Muslim. And so they're not familiar with how to receive Malcolm in a sense. But he is very fond of Malcolm's speeches and then he mentions the line about how we didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth, Plymouth Rock landed on us. And so then he brings up the fact that Malcolm said that one of the solutions to the issue with racism is that all black Muslims go and, you know, start their own country. And so Malcolm goes into explanation about that, saying, you know, it, it was crazy how we were forced to learn the white man's language and worship the white man's God and how we were always taught that the white man was always more superior than blacks were. And so Dr. Zahn points out that, you know what, Malcolm? maybe you're racist to a certain extent you're just judging people based off of their exterior off their exterior colors and so this gives Malcolm something to think about meanwhile Mamie is at home and she's talking to Elise and she Elise is giving her an update on how Margaret is doing down south and you know she's made friends already and so then Mamie is so distracted by this whole meeting that she had with Jonathan Pike that she ends up cutting her finger. And so Elise comes over to look at it or whatever and just then Bumpy comes in and Elise goes to go get, you know, some type of aid to help clean up Mamie's finger. And so him and Mamie get into it about how Jonathan Pike is threatening to basically rip the whole program away from them if he finds out that some shady business is going on with Bumpy and Jose because Jonathan is aware of their partnership or their affiliation. And so Bumpy is like, well, you know what? You haven't done anything wrong. It's not fair to you. And she was like, yeah, but you have, you know. 
and so he was like what I'm just doing what I can to survive out here you know this is basically paying the bills what I'm doing and I'm I'm not you know doing all of that bad stuff anymore just a little bit of bad crime (laughs) and so Elise comes back in and she mentions that him selling drugs was the reason that he got sent away to prison for over a decade and so then he was like well you know what I'm just again doing what I need to do to survive out here and if you can't handle that and if Adam Clayton Powell doesn't want to fight for you you know when his when your back is up against the wall or when a little pressure is applied then I don't know what to tell you now that that's very selfish bumpy maybe you need to take a minute and and cool your heels and then come back and apologize but that that was hella selfish so we'll see how they make up from this this whole argument so back over to malcolm and dr azan so they're still talking and Dr. Azam is trying to figure out why in the world after, you know, the Civil Rights Act has been put into place, why no change has really been made. And so Malcolm is trying to explain to him, look, just because they put this down on paper, that doesn't change the, the mentality that a lot of whites have for blacks, okay? Just because the signs done went down, you know, separating the two races, it doesn't mean that that's going to lighten lighten the evilness and the maliciousness that's out there towards blacks and so dr zon was like well you know what with hash thank thank goodness that allah is able to cure all of that you know the physical and the the mental chains or you know the ones the shackles that we can see and the ones that we can't see basically Allah is going to be able to fix all of that within your mental and your spiritual right and so he offers Malcolm to come pray with him and Malcolm was like look where I come from in the black Muslim community we aren't allowed to pray with white Muslims and so Dr. Zom was like okay suit yourself and so he goes to grab his mat and he starts to pray and he leaves Malcolm looking at him like, wow, what what is really going on? So hopefully he's definitely reshaping Malcolm's train of thought. So back over to Bumpy. Bumpy is getting onto his right hands about how in the world you can try to go take out a man with an unloaded gun. And so they were like, you know what, Bumpy? It's our fault. We screwed up. There's no excuse for that. And so they, because Bumpy was like, get the F out of my face. Get the F out of my face. And so they turned to walk away. But then Chance turns around and was like, you know what, Bump? We wrong. I'm going to admit that. Okay. But I will say before we leave that I think Jose is dead wrong about this profile that he done put on this one guy. I don't think this one guy is a military man. And so he starts to list these examples him and uh Dale start to list these examples about how when he had the gun on him he it, it was almost as if he had never had a gun pointed at him before and of course in the military you know at that particular time anyway of course you know when you go into combat and stuff like that you get you unfortunately get used to stuff like that and so he was like this man 
look like he ain't never had a gun pointed in his direction before and then when he turned around to run he kept looking back and of course again if you've ever been in combat he points out you never look back you just keep running and so he was like i think that jose is lying to you and then they leave and so this gives bumpy something to think about so Mamie and the Haru program finally got the placement that they were looking for in the newspaper. But unfortunately, it was in the back with all of the other, you know, stuff that's not really deemed important. It's just kind of there for advertisement. But what's taking more precedence is the headline that she may be corrupt or she's corrupting the Haru program, y'all. So apparently an insider source has tipped off the newspaper that the FBI is sniffing around trying to see if, you know, she's doing anything illegal within the Haru program and they feel like maybe she took the position for personal financial gain. So of course Mamie is pissed, okay? Very upset. I'm not sure if she's going to be able to withstand the criticism that's going to come from this or the backlash that's going to come from this. Maybe she might end up stepping down. Hopefully she puts a little fight into it. She seemed like she'll, she'll fight back pretty good. So we see, we'll see what's going to happen. So back over to Malcolm. Dr. Azam comes in and gives him great news, okay? The court is going to hear his case tomorrow, which is great because that means that, you know, Malcolm will be out of there soon and soon enough Dr. Zom will be out of his way and so then Malcolm kind of you know lets his guard down a little bit and talks to Dr. Zom and was like look I don't hate white people okay but I've never known in my lifetime any person of your color to do any type of good that would benefit a person of my color and so he also gives them the backstory of when he was little, of how some white men had basically snatched his dad up, they laid him on a train track and split him in two, okay? And then because of what happened, his mom was so traumatized that she ended up getting committed to a mental institution to where she, after a while, didn't even recognize who he was. So he's just, he's very guarded because of his past. And so Dr. Azam reassures him that once he gets to hash, that it's going to be Muslims of all colors praying. Okay. So hopefully Malcolm will definitely have a change of heart once he gets to where he needs to go. Oh my goodness, y'all. So it's getting good. So Bumpy ends up meeting with his investigate. Well, the detective guy that he had in his pocket that works for the de police department. Um, or a PI that he had in his back pocket a while ago. So anyway, he meets with him and he's trying to get some more information on who exactly this Juan guy is. And so the guy tells him that when he looks back at all of his past history, he couldn't find anything except for something that was recent. Um, and so then because he could only find recent stuff, this man has no type of past history, no childhood, no nothing, no mention of nothing like that. There's only one thing that can be happening here. And his PI friend or his detective friend believes that this Juan dude is a part of the CIA, basically. And so Bumpy goes 
um, to the club, to the Geechee. That's the club that he owns. And he runs into Jose. And so Jose was like, did you kill my guy yet? And so he was like, I'm working on it. But there's something that just ain't sitting right with me. And so I was like, what's that? And so he was like, what are you not telling me about this Juan guy? And so he was like, what do you mean? And so Bumpy was like, he's CIA. And so he was like, so you're questioning my motives for wanting this guy dead when I stuck up for you. I stuck my neck out there for you. I never questioned what you had going on. I just did what you asked me to. And so Bumpy was like, well, well that was different. <laughs> he didn't say that, but in his head, I, I probably believed that he was thinking that. <laughs> and so um, he was like, you know, I never asked you any questions. I just did what you asked me to. So either you kill this guy or our partnership will be no longer. And I'll know where we stand after that. Now, mind you, this guy got guns and goons and money. So what is Bumpy going to do? He's left with a pretty tough decision to make at this point. So Mamie and Elise are at the house and they're sitting down and they're talking about Elise's upcoming trip to Africa and she's like she's excited you know she's never been anywhere like this before so she can't wait to see what's going to happen and so then Mamie is like you know what Elise I envy you and she tells her that she envies her because she's never been you know involved with anything to this magnitude within the community and now that she's got her hands on something good you know that's gonna help uplift the community and do something great for the people there now it's tainted and it is it's in jeopardy because of her association with bumpy and then she mentions that um adam powell's ops and politicians and all of that are now gonna be looking at her like everything that she does is tainted when she's truly just here to do good and so she doesn't know how to take that and honestly she feels a little bit of resentment towards bumpy and she's never felt like that before and so elise just tries to comfort her and says you know he didn't do right by me either when you know i was growing up you know he got sent to jail and i was very upset but over the years, I've just come to love him as he is. And so, you know, this too shall pass for Mamie. And she tells her that, you know, you shouldn't listen to what everybody else says because they don't know who you truly are. You know, she, she does good and she means well by everybody. So she shouldn't really pay attention to what those people are saying about her. But she's still not convinced about it. So then, we see Bumpy. <laughs> He's supposed to be keeping his hands clean while Mamie is trying to do all this stuff. But he figures that he going to have to do this hit himself for Jose. Because of all the backlash that has happened. Because his henchmen couldn't get the job done. The right hands couldn't get the job done initially. So... He goes and he follows this guy Juan up to his apartment. And once he gets in the apartment, we realize that Juan is, he done hopped in the shower. Okay. So he's in the shower and Bumpy is kind of like surveilling the place, right? He's looking around and he notices that this guy has a typewriter. 
and he also notices several newspaper clippings that are pinned to the wall and so it dawns on him that this guy's probably a journalist and so then Juan finally comes out of the bathroom and of course Bumpy has his gun trained on him and so Juan is like who are you and Bumpy was like I was just gonna ask you that question myself so maybe they can hopefully try to form some sort of alliance and maybe Bumpy can get him out of town while he still does some deep diving on who Jose actually is so maybe he can take Jose out I don't know we gonna find out so Stella and Columbo are sitting down to dinner and he you know he's still trying to ease his way on into Stella's heart I guess to make her feel more at ease with the whole situation at hand but Stella is still not here for it and so he tries to break the ice a little bit and he was like you know what I know you probably wouldn't be any happier right now than if I was to drop dead right here and she was like you know what you are actually a very good mind reader and so then he says something about her blaming men like him for her misfortunes in her life and how her life turned out and so then he tells her you know that Chen basically gave him the okay to be the head of the family for now until he comes back from being in the clinker and he owes it to him to make sure that Stella stays safe so again he's just trying to break the ice with her we'll see how long it takes for her to let him in so over to Mamie I guess she has decided to you know choose her battles wisely she has thrown thrown in her towel for the directorship of Haryu and so of course Adam Clayton Powell is having a fit he doesn't want her to give up her position he thought she was a fighter this that and the third and so she was like look I got into this because I wanted to do some good for the kids of Harlem and that's going to be so scrutinized at every angle if I continue to stay in this position and so of course um their PR person or whoever this guy is I don't know if he's an assistant or what but the assistant PR dude is like okay so you know since she's stepping down then you're going to have to basically like give some type of not speech but some type of statement there we go some type of statement to the media y'all why I feel like he was the one that was the insider that was giving up this information. I don't know. I just feel that in my bones. But we'll see. Maybe it'll come out. Maybe not. But either way, Mamie is stepping down from her directorship at Haryu. So, we get to Malcolm. And he's had his day in court. And everything is good now. Okay? He's free to go to Hash. Hosh? Hosh. Sorry. He's free to go to Hosh. And so he's writing to Betty and he's telling he's telling her that the guy who took him under his wing while he was there is as white as white can be. <laughs> but he has never felt more um more welcome in somebody's house than this man has, you know, given him 
while he's been there. So he's very appreciative of everything that Dr. Azam has done for him and the love that he has shown for him. Not not as a black man, but as a brother of Muslim. Uh, brother of Islam, I'm sorry. So that's that. He's free to go now. He, you know, so Dr. Azam comes and he's like, Malcolm, you are more than welcome to go. This next seven days is going to be a turning point in your life it's going to be probably the most important seven days of your life and so Malcolm is like you know what Dr. Azam since you've shown me so much love I would love it if you were to be my guide to Hosh and so they go together and it's an amazing experience for both of them I'm so glad that Malcolm was able to finally turn turn a new chapter you know as far as his mental thinking that all white men are the same of course you know he knew better but until he actually experienced that then he was going to continue to feel very biased about the whole situation so I'm glad that Dr. Azam was able to show him something different so Bumpy ends up taking Juan hostage and while they're in the car he asked Juan, was he a part of the CIA? And Juan is like, no, I was never a part of the CIA, but your boy Jose is. And so he gives the backstory that Jose had linked up with the CIA because he, uh, him and the CIA actually were the ones that were responsible for taking away land and, you know, money from the, the people of Cuba. And so once uh Fidel found out who was responsible for it of course he clapped back and when he clapped back the result was Jose's family being collateral damage um you know and this was basically sanctioned Juan says by not only Fidel but it was also sanctioned by the people of Cuba you know this is what the people wanted and so who is bumpy to go against that right to to think otherwise and so he ends up taking Juan to Jose and Jose was like you found him but you didn't kill him and so Bumpy was like I'm not finna be a hitman for the government like that's just not part of our deal that we had going on and so Jose was like because Bumpy Bumpy had asked him why he's working for the CIA. And so Jose was like, come here, let me show you something. So Jose takes Bumpy to the back where all of his guns and, you know, his guns are. And of course, these are M16s that are issued by the government. And so he was like, wow, okay, so the actual CIA and the government was your connect, right? And so he was like, yeah, you know, I'm doing this because I want to potentially take over Cuba again one day I'm trying to protect my country what's wrong with that it's a lot wrong with that especially if it's just like one person doing it and it's not going to benefit the rest of the community but okay so he's just like look if you go against you know what we agreed upon I'll know where we stand and then also Colombo won't mind you know coming into partnership with me i stuck my neck out there for you i went against the grain with colombo and the italians to help you and so he was like what you gonna do bumpy and so bumpy was like i'm a man of my word 
And so he ends up shooting one right there on the spot, killing him. And he tells Jose, I just hope that you are a man of your word and you come through with your end of the deal. So back over to Malcolm. Malcolm and Dr. Azan are still hanging out. It's still within the seven day uh, time period that he's supposed to be there. And so it's noon and it's time for them to pray. And so Dr. Zahn was like, well, Malcolm, it's noon. I'll leave you alone to pray, you know, by yourself. And so Malcolm was like, that's okay, Dr. Zahn. Would you mind just staying here with me to pray? And so Dr. Zahn was like, I, I would have no other pleasure in life. That's my greatest pleasure. And so they end up praying together. So Malcolm is turning the tide, y'all, okay? He's got somebody to show him show him that there is a better side to white people than just what he's known from his past. So that's amazing. And that's actually how the episode ends, okay? It was a really good episode. I'm curious to see what the backlash is going to be with Bumpy getting into bed with Battle since he's a part of the CIA. But um, we'll just have to roll with that and see what happens. Um, you guys can find me on uh, you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram at me and you TV reviews. Um, you can also reach out to me at my TV reviews podcast without the S on the end at gmail.com. Um, if you have any other show recommendations, please let me know. As I mentioned before, one of us is lying is going for good. They canceled it after season two. I'm so upset about that, but it is what it is. And then I'm going to be wrapping up Kindred later on this week as well. So if you have any other show recommendations, please reach out to me and let me know. Um, but aside from that, that's all I have for you guys. So until we meet over the airwaves again, I am Mo and I will talk to you guys soon. Bye.